Welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 44. Get educated. Know your stuff. Know about the brain, the ADHD brain. There's so much neuroscience going on right now. And I have learned so much in the last little while. And I think it's really important to understand what's going on in your brain, what the mechanics are, you know, learning about the executive function part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, learn and be educated so that you can approach your ADHD or your child's ADHD in a way that is going to serve you and your relationship with them. Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Love Parent Talk podcast. If you felt like you have been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you are going through your journey. Hey, my ADHD family, welcome to another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk, where we talk about all things ADHD. So today I have my guest, Summer. She invited me on her podcast and I was so excited to talk with her. Actually, we kind of did it at the same time. <laughs> I was excited about knowing that she is in the same supportive area that I am in by supporting parents. So I really wanted to chat with her. And so Summer, welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I enjoyed our conversation, even though we timed this in parallel, but it was really good. Even though, like I told you, I'm like, did I do okay? But it's all good. It was great. Any conversation seems to evolve. Like with ADHD, you can go so many different directions for so many different reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly Right? right. So please tell the audience a little bit about yourself. And then why do you know so much about ADHD? Well, my name is Summer Christensen, and I am an ADHD life coach for parents of ADHD kids and teens, and I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 11. So yeah, so I was diagnosed when I was a little bit younger. So I know so much about ADHD because, well, when I started, I was pretty young, and you know, the 80s was not a very good time. There wasn't a whole lot of information. So anyway, so then I... As I got older, I went through high school and stuff. And then I forgot after I got married that I had ADHD for about 10 years. Yes. Really? Yes. It's pretty normal. Actually, I am not, I'm not alone in this, (laughs) especially with the diagnosis happened when you were younger and then like through the eighties and nineties. And so then um, I was having a lot of anxiety and depression. Okay. And so after that evolution, I went back to the ADHD. So that's kind of how I know so much. And then I did ADHD coach training um, a year or two ago, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's very cool. So when you were diagnosed, what type were you diagnosed with? So in back in the day, it was, you know, ADHD slash ADD. And um, I, I don't know, I was pretty hyperactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So probably hyperactive. I'm, I'm okay. And I did struggle in school, like paying attention, cognitive, all those things. Okay. So it was tied to, like you said, ADHD, ADD. How did they notice, like who noticed that you even had it? And so what was, what were some of those flags? So you said you were very hyper. Was that what they noticed? Or, I mean, what were they seeing? 
Right. So I pretty much couldn't stop talking. I couldn't sit in my seat and I talked incessantly. I was always the little girl next to the teacher with all the rowdy boys. I was the girl. (laughs) And um, I really struggled to grasp learning and concepts. And then the older I got, the harder it got, I think due to, I think mainly due to the fact that I, I didn't have a whole lot of, um, there wasn't a whole lot that I knew or that we knew like skills and things to help me through, not in the way that we know today. So yeah, I, I talked a lot. I really struggled in school. I didn't get good grades. My teacher, I had a third grade teacher that I wish I knew where she was now because she changed my life Mm. forever, you know, and she really, she really did. She was a newer teacher. And so she did have more knowledge about ADHD and um, about some of the neurodiversities that a lot of people didn't know. And so that really got us going. And I remember hours of testing and honestly, it was rough, but at least it gave me a face, you know, to the name or a name to the face, really. Gotcha. I mean, definitely. That's really interesting. So as you got older, you said that you forgot about it for a period of time because you really hadn't been working with it through this whole time, right? So what kind of made that change? So you said you were going through anxiety, depression, which I personally can completely understand, but what made it tie back into ADHD? Um, what made it tie back into it? So I think a lot of times, um, with ADHD, you have, there was a new term I heard this morning on clubhouse, actually, um, that they were talking about, um, the PTSD that is associated with having ADHD. And I wrote it down somewhere, but yeah, so pretty much because of the challenges and the struggles that we experience throughout the years and because of the shame cycle Mm. that it continues throughout our life to um, kind of take its toll on us. I think that that's what was directly related. Um, I had a lot of anxiety and um, I had three, I had three kids. They were all under the age of four by the time I had them, my third one. And I was stressed. I was not a very good baby mama. I, I love my kids right. and you know, it was, it was a good thing to do, but it also was very difficult for, for me to handle all of the emotions that were going on inside of myself, the mm-hmm. insecurity of being a mom. Um, I, I, really had an emphasis on friends at that time in my life. Like I, I felt like I needed that. Um, and as we know, we don't always fit in. Yeah. <laughs> Even as a 30 year old woman, I still struggled to feel the value yeah. inside myself. And to also, I still wanted that validation. I wanted validation. I want somebody else to love me as much as I love them. I remember saying that even as an adult, like why? Like I have like this big capacity to love and empathize, 
why couldn't somebody have that for me? Yeah. You know, and I, it, even as a 30 year old woman, I felt, I felt that same overwhelm and um, I pretty much had a nervous breakdown. So, I mean, I literally was, I couldn't do anything. I was like, so sad. So um, just wrapped up in all of the, the feelings and I didn't know how to deal with them. And so I got some help. And when I went, it took a few, I want to say years before my doctor even decided to revisit that. Mm. Um, and all he said was, what do you think about ADHD? And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that thing. <laughs> I, I remember that thing. Is that what that's called? Like I totally, I to- it totally came back to me. Gotcha. So, and then after that, like, that's kind of how it, it tied together. Gotcha. But personally, I feel like the tie oftentimes between anxiety and depression is part of the ADHD. And when we don't have those skills as um, an individual to, to have a better perspective, because when we have the skills, we can see something different. We can see, okay, like we don't need to be fixed. Right. There's nothing wrong with us. We need different skills. And the reality is you can look at that with everything, with anything. The reality is that we want to be in a place where we have what we need and those, the schools, I mean, nothing against them. I mean, the teachers, they don't get it. A lot of them don't get it yet because they haven't been given the tools and the education that they need. And that's a failure in our education system that we're focusing on different things that aren't necessarily going to help the neurodiverse kids of the world. And so that's kind of um, where everything you know, kind of ties back in for me. Okay. That's, that's powerful. So, you know, one of the things that you brought up is, you know, the school systems, that was my biggest frustration, especially going through the daycare. I even put them in Montessori school and they just could not get the support. And it wasn't necessarily that the teachers or the caregivers didn't want to give the support. They just didn't know how to do it. Right. And so it took me finding the right school system, doing the research and moving to really get them in an area where they were going to be supported. And it made a huge difference, huge difference in their confidence, a huge difference in learning how to build relationships the right way. I mean, it just, made a huge difference. So I completely agree that everybody isn't set up that way. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you, is this something that you talk about with your family? I mean, do you guys have conversations about this? Are you very open about it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm very open about it. I'm very, I'm a huge advocate of mental health education and um, helping others. And that's part of me. I'm very open and honest with my story and that helps other people. So with my family, my middle child, he was diagnosed with ADHD as well, just a, I don't know, probably early middle school and he's 16 now. And so him and I both, we just have a bond. Like we just have something that like, you're just not able to have unless you, you've had those, those feelings and emotions and spirals that go with ADHD. I mean, I have 
other very special parts of my relationship with my other kids, but that's one thing that is helpful. Now, I, I will say we do try to explain it. We talk about it. My son isn't hyperactive and he doesn't have like those obvious behavior issues. He's more inattentive and he's pretty chill. So in that okay. regard, that makes our family dynamic. It's actually really the oldest and the youngest that can't get along and make our life a living hell sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm being honest. <laughs> so, so that actually that dynamic, um, explaining, like you can explain as much as you want and try and open their eyes. But unfortunately the reality is they will take and they will digest that information, but it doesn't necessarily make them more understanding. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not, it's like, it's not that they don't understand, but what we see is our reality and mm -hmm. what we feel is our reality. And so that's not necessarily reality to them. So they are very accepting. Like my husband is the most neurotypical type A personality you could possibly imagine. And so it's very, um, I don't know, our family in that realm is like very diverse, but I do, my daughter has anxiety. My son has depression. And so my kids like to say that each one of them got something wonderful from me <laughs> because I am the one. <laughs> so yes. So definitely we talk about it. I mean, we don't make a whole lot of excuses. I have like a bad memory. So my working memory and other everything is rather challenged. So I will forget things that they ask me to do or like sometimes picking them up. And so, which doesn't help with anxiety if I'm late, you know, but that's definitely, um, we don't make excuses, but we do make explanations Okay. and, and we have those boundaries. And, and if you don't understand or you can't be empathetic, that's okay. But like, that's not my problem. Right. No, no, no. And that's exactly right. And I think that's a perception or a perspective that we don't grasp right away as we're going through this journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And we are, like you said, it's, it's shame. It's why are we like this? It's why our children are like this. But once we really understand and get it, once we understand ourselves, once we understand our children, once we understand, yes, there are struggles, but there's so many good aspects about ADHD it's a different story, right? Yeah. So when people do not understand, like you said, it's okay. Yeah, totally. Even your family members, like, mm -hmm. I, I think it's very difficult. I, I, I'm actually surprised, like some extended family, like teachers, like educated people, they really just don't know. They really just don't. And I feel like it's our responsibility if we're able to, to just inform and help and, yeah. and also like not judge them for not knowing, mm -hmm. you know, some people, some people are just ignorant to it. Like they just don't get it. And so like, it's, I feel like in the position I'm in, like, it's part of my responsibility to say, Hey, like, that's, that's interesting. But like, where exactly did you get the facts from? You know, like, like, can I share with you some thoughts that I have about that? Now, I will preface that by saying that, that I definitely am not that nice. <laughs> I definitely, like, I am nice, but like, it's very hard to word. 
but just not blaming them and saying, Hey, like, let me tell you something else. Like what, let me, and where did you get that information from? I like to challenge like my clients and like my kids too. Like, how do you actually know, you know, just because it's been that way, doesn't mean that that's the truth kind of thing. So like just educating and like making sure that people, people are aware and not judging them because, you know, we're all at a different place and a different journey and their journey is that they, you know, they're not as educated about it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, so when a parent is struggling with whether they should get themselves diagnosed or whether they should get their children diagnosed, maybe it's because of stigma. Maybe it's because of shame. Maybe it's because they don't want their child to have a label. What would your advice be to them? Um, as far as not wanting to get, a as diagnosis? far as deciding whether they should or should not get their child tested okay, for ADHD. So my, my thought behind that is that we have to look at like, and decide where we're coming from and what our intentions are. And if we're willing as a parent to take that step, you know, so sometimes we are so stuck in this um, mindset, the fixed mindset, but also this belief that of the things to come that aren't actually true. Mm -hmm. You know, we think that if we get a diagnosis, then our child's life, they will be, you know, they'll be ruined, you know, because they'll have this stigma like attached to them their, their whole life, you know, and I always go back to the reality is it doesn't matter. People can think whatever they want and that's totally okay for them. And it doesn't matter. So as far as getting a diagnosis, you have to come from a a place of like, number one, what am I willing to do? And am I willing to rock my world a little bit? Because let me tell you, as you start to deal with some of those challenges that your kiddo has, I guarantee you're going to have to do some reflecting on your own life and dig a little bit deeper than you had planned. So honestly, I feel like you should always get, if your kid came to you and said, I'm having like suicidal thoughts, would you say, uh, well, you know, I know you're struggling, but like, let's kind of just see what happens. I would say most parents would not do that. Exactly. Now, <laughs> if you, right. And if you look at it back from the beginning, you can say like, like when you having ADHD and you're not having the validation or the knowledge to know how to deal with it, you're, you're also creating this spiral of shame that can create depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's absolutely important. You know, you, you shouldn't sit on it because you're scared. Fear keeps us stuck in one place. Fear keeps us stuck in a place of um, uncertainty and um, not being able to feel motivation, like all of those things. And, and if we're fearful, we're not going to progress. And so I, it's a whole nother conversation how to, how to move forward in that fear. Mm-hmm. But, but really, that's, that's the basic. Like, if, if we can recognize that a lot of those things, they will happen, mm-hmm. but they're totally workable. Like, you totally work on those things. And the most important thing is that your kid has a chance. You want to give them a chance, right? And if they're neurodiverse and you're trying to fit them into a box 
and not allow whatever label means, or at least um, some validation, then, you know, they're going to have a hard time. So you just have to come from a place that you are ready to move forward and at least have the courage to do that. Because one step forward is all you need and then deal with it. Don't, don't be fearful. Don't be scared that something, you know, could happen. Anything could happen. You know, it's just taking, taking a step out of the dark into the light. Even if it means you might go back to the dark for a little bit, like at least your kids in the light, right? At least he has that, or she has that validation. Yeah. So that, that would be my long winded suggestion. (laughs) No, no. And and that's really good. And one of the things that parents have to understand that, well, there's a couple of things you get this diagnosis, right. And you're going to still have struggles, right. You're still going to learn as you go. You're still going to, and you may have even more struggles because now you're trying to figure out how do I help my child? How do I help myself? What are some of those things that I can put in place? Trying to find the right community. I mean, there's people who are not supportive as we talked about teachers, family members, you know, trying to find the right supportive community, trying to find the right school system. I mean, there's just so many things that you have to figure out what to put in place, whether you should take medication or not, whether I should give my child medication or not. Right. Mm -hmm. So many decisions around it, but the beauty is this doesn't stop the struggle, but once you have gone down that path and really owned that path, like for my children, myself, it's just been a world of difference because number one, I've accepted it. Number two, I talk about it all the time. And number three, I definitely use the advantages of being ADHD and having those conversations and getting them the support system that they need. So there's really, really positive aspects of it. So I just tell people own it. And plus it's part of you, right? You're learning more about you. It's a part of you. And I always want to know myself holistically. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into um, your coaching business. So why did you decide to focus on parents in your coaching business? Okay. So what I noticed, I started working with kids because I feel like there's a gap between treatment or coaching with about the age of like middle school to like ninth, 10th grade. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's this gap of support for that mm-hmm. age, middle school mainly. And middle school just sucks. And I'm sorry. <laughs> it just does. It's hard. And so I really wanted to help those kids. And so I started to work with those kids. And then I recognized very soon on that I was spending more time coaching the parents. Mm-hmm. I was spending so much time trying to get these parents the skills they needed so and understand the skills I was working with the child on so much so that like I didn't have as much time with the kid to teach them and help them and then as the more I got into it and some research that I did like I recognized that it's the parents that need the help because you cannot show up as a parent until you have clarity within yourself. Okay. Live life clearly right there. So it's all about clarity. It's all about knowing how you want to show up as a parent, 
But yeah. even more importantly, how you want to show up as a person. Right. And I think when we when we go to parent, we are trying to, there's this mentality that we need to fix, right? That we need to fix and do, and we don't have to do that, right? So I think the important part is for parents to recognize that in order to help their kid, it's going to be a lot more helpful if you have clarity on the kind of person that you want to be, how you want to show up and to have the skills that you need to and double solve and your mindset around what ADHD is. So doing some of that work first, that's why I work with parents because I feel like you're giving your, your child a more successful chance or a better chance of success, whatever that looks like for them. If you can get a hold of what you want to show up as, as their parent. Okay. Love it. So for parents that are generally struggling managing day-to-day ADHD situations, be it for themselves or their children, what would your, just maybe a couple of pieces of advice be for them? I would think one of the best things of advice I could give to parents struggling with their kids is to not blame it on yourself, to recognize that your child is who they are and they act how they act, no matter what you do. That would be advice for parents who are dealing with ADHD neurodiverse kids. The second piece of advice I would give is for a parent who has ADHD or a person, individual who's, who has ADHD, would be that to remember that ADHD is a part of you. It isn't who you are. It's, it's just one of the components. And to recognize it doesn't need to be fixed. I keep trying to change that conversation around something that needs to be fixed. Our brains are meant to do different things. Like it has all different sorts of, so, and if the world was just full of a bunch of, um, you know, like neurotypical people, then our world would be super boring and, (laughs) It would just be the same. So our brains are meant to do something or to be something different, but that doesn't mean it needs to be fixed. It's like any other brain that wants to do better. They just have to try and make their goals. It's the same thing, Mm. but the approach and how we look at it um, has to be different than someone else that is neurotypical. Yeah. Bless you. (laughs) Love that. Okay. So as you're going through their journeys, one of the things we talk a lot about in the ADHD community is community, right? So how do people find their people? How do people find the right support system for them? I think it's just all about, I mean, there's mostly social media is what I feel like it used to be, you know, you would go to like a support group or something. Um, But now it's, it's really just looking for, so I have an ADHD teen. So all of these groups that I found on Facebook were like parents that were just starting out 
on their journey with ADHD and parents that, you know, their kids were younger and that's really not where I was. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I need to find something different. So I would put different searches in like the, you know, parents with ADHD teens. And so then I found a group. So I think it's really kind of just trying the different social media platforms really. And then there's so much community. I mean, everywhere. So there's so many different types of everything. So really, I think finding your people is like experimenting, doing different platforms. You know, I like um, Instagram and Facebook and, you know, you can pretty much find whatever you need. Yeah. I love it. So are there any type of resources that you could recommend, be it on, you know, the ADHD journey for the parents or the child? Yeah, well, if I can, like I have a free download on my website. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. livelifeclearly.com is my website and you can um, click on the free download. So what it is, it's um, my parenting model. It's called true, the acronym for powerful questions. Nice. And um, that explains what my parenting model is. And it takes you from, you know, the the thought process, the triggers and, and what your brain starts doing, and then takes you to like what you want your end result to be. So that's a process. So, and at the end of that parenting guide, there is, I think I ended up doing like eight to 10 pages of all resources. So resources with websites, resources, um, there's books for all different relationships um, with ADHD, um, podcasts, all different things. So yeah, my favorite is attitudemag.com. Like they have everything you could possibly <laughs> like all different, right. like gender, everything, like age groups, they're amazing. So that would be, you know, one. But if you go livelifeclearly.com and you hit the download, you can download that parenting guide, which has about 10 pages of resources for parents. Love it. Thank you. No, that's great. That is awesome. So if they wanted, so outside of your website, if there was any other questions that they had, how else can they get a hold of you? Where else can they find you? So I am on Instagram mostly. I'm trying to, for whatever reason, like my demographic, like I should be on Facebook a lot, but I'm actually on Instagram a lot. So definitely I'm posting live life clearly LLC is my Instagram handle and then live life clearly LLC at Facebook as well. And then I'm on clubhouse as well. The audio version of social media that's blowing up right now. And I have a parenting club. It's ADHD parenting and we talk all different kinds of stuff and you can find me on Clubhouse as well. And I have like six invites. So if anybody needs an invite for Clubhouse and you like email me or contact me, message me, you can DM me on Instagram, then I can send you one of those. So I, I have a few. So I know it's getting <laughs> out slowly but surely. But yeah, yeah that's where you can is. find me. I mean, that's what I'm doing. And then I'm currently doing two group coaching sessions. Um, so if anyone's interested in that, like it's a parenting like group coaching and they can go through that, that process and learn about it. So yeah. So you can contact me, DM me if you're interested. Yes. Um, yeah. Perfect. You- any final comments or anything that you want to, anything that we didn't talk about or just kind of any last minute tips, any final comments for the audience? 
Yeah. So get educated. I mean, really know your stuff, know about the brain, the ADHD brain. There's so much neuroscience going on right now. And I have learned so much in the last little while. And I think it's really important to understand what's going on in your brain, what the mechanics are, you know, learning about the executive function part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, learn and be educated so that you can approach your ADHD or your child's ADHD in a way that is going to serve you and your relationship with them. Love it. Summer, it was wonderful, wonderful connecting with you again. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Hey, thank you. Bye. So everyone, that concludes another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review and join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.